Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I'm going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. All right, welcome to the Coppernewer Path Podcast. I'm excited today because uh, we've got a return guest on the show, good friend and uh, somebody who I hold in high regard. Uh, when I think Coppernewer, this is one of the people's faces that I think of, and that is Scott Savage from Savage Training Group. Scott, welcome back to the show. Adam, thanks for having me. Um, have you had a second uh, person on twice before, or am I the first repeat customer guest? I have, and I'm trying to think of, oh, it was Robert Whitaker. So mm. Robert Whitaker, we we talked about Bitcoin, and so I think you're the second repeat guest now. I'm the second, second guest. I, I like it. <laughs> hey, that, that don't don't read into that too much. That has nothing to do with, with how I feel about you, Scott. <laughs> it's an honor to have you back on, especially since uh, it's a different show than it was when you came on, because you... You were one of my very first guests when we started this podcast, right. and the uh, the concept behind it has obviously evolved a little bit over time now to where we're talking purely about coppernewership and the journey of going from law enforcement to CEO and starting your own business. And um, like I said, you're, you're one of those people that I, I think of as the quintessential coppernewer uh, when that term comes to mind. Scott Savage would be kind of next to that definition in the uh, uh, in the dictionary. And so I wanted to have you back on because I know a lot of other copernewers, they know who you are and they look up to you and your journey and, and what you've been able to do and accomplish with Savage Tra- Training Group and being kind of a bedrock for what law enforcement training group looks like. And so uh, I wanted to have you back on and talk about your journey a little bit. Well, thanks for having me and thanks for the kind words. And um, it's not very often that, you know, when I get asked to speak about stuff, it's generally not about the business, right? It's more about what we actually do, which is the training business. We're talking about police related topics or current affairs and that kind of stuff. So when you ask- I think last time we we talked about uh, the fact that the that's the way we've always done it attitude is the biggest cancer in law enforcement. Right. So, yeah. So yeah, a little bit of a shift here. <laughs> right. That's great. And I'm, I'm happy to, to tell everybody anything I did. And uh, if anything today, I think, you know, we just have a short time together. I think I'll just tell you kind of the top three things I think that that cops should do if you're looking to start a business uh, and it'll help you avoid, you know, some of the mistakes certainly I made and, and others make, um, so maybe that'll be a little helpful kind of hints. Yeah, I, I love that. I think top three lists are fantastic, especially for for podcast conversations. So let's let's go through that list and let's just unpack those together and have a conversation about it. So what's your you want to start at number one, Scott, or you want to start at number three? Uh, I would there doesn't even matter. I, it doesn't <laughs> matter. I, I well, maybe it does matter. Maybe this is the the top priority one because it's the first one that I I wrote down when I was getting ready for today's interview and. And I 
think if you don't do anything else, maybe do this, right? I'm a working police officer. I own a business. I've got two full-time jobs. And those it's very, very difficult to do that, right? Anyone who thinks it's simple, no way. It's definitely hard to do. It's a lot of work. Yeah. You spend a lot of hours doing it. But if you do just a little bit of prep work on before you start the company, you're going to set yourself up for success. So, you know, you said some very nice things about me and said, oh, you know, people know who you are and they, they see the Savage Training Group. And, and that's awesome, right? It's been successful. And, and I'm so proud of everything that, that's happened. But it's not by accident. It was very much by design. And I yeah. spent a, a year before we launched the company, I spent about a year researching different things. And so the first tip I, I would give cops that are looking to become coppreneurs, whether you're going to stay working as a cop or you're going to continue to be, or whether you're going to quit being a cop and then just launch the company is figure out in one or two sentences, what problem am I solving for potential customers? Aha. Uh-huh. What what problem is that? And be able to articulate that in one or two sentences. And naturally, right now, your head is spinning if you're listening to that and you're going, well, it's kind of complex. Well, I, I do a lot of different things. And well, I'm this. Time out. <laughs> Remember the first part of that sentence. In one or two sentences, what problem are you solving for the customer? Because if you're not very, very clear on who that customer is, what's the problem that I'm solving for them, that is going to lead to a lot of issues downstream. And and we'll get into that, right? But just for a second, think about if you have goods or services and you want people to give you money for it, that's a business. If you're running a charity or nonprofit or you don't care, you just want to give things away, hey, do your thing. But if you uh, intend to sell something to a customer, people buy things because you solve a problem for them. Why do you buy, uh, mm. you know, why'd you buy ice cream? You were hungry. You wanted something sweet. Why did you, uh, you know, buy whatever that latest uh, golf club? Because you love golfing and that this is going to make you feel like you're a champion, right? So whatever it is you do, and it really doesn't matter what the business is about, what is that problem you're solving? And to give you a, a little bit of an example, the Savage Training Group is a training organization. We provide advanced training for law enforcement officers, Right. People need training. We provide it. Let's say we have an instructor come to me and they say, Hey, Scott, I got a great idea for a new class. It's going to, it's a great class. It's called underwater knife fighting. Okay. I'm going to teach students <laughs> how to fight with knives underwater. And does that, that sounds like a pretty cool thing, right? That sounds cool. Sounds sexy. Maybe some people would even sign up for it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Right? I would. Yeah, you would. <laughs> Question. Is there a deficit of underwater knife fighting classes that that we can fill? Is that a skill set that police yeah. officers are looking for? Are we just the, making the problem actually exists? Yeah. yeah, is that a problem? Are we fighting a lot of you know uh, suspects under underwater with knives? Probably not. So there's a difference between something being cool and maybe this instructor is the best underwater knife fighter around. That's a different discussion. Right. Because if we want people to give us, you know, money for something, we have to solve a problem for them. So know the difference between being good at something and being able to solve a problem. Right. You might be the best at whatever your particular field is. Is that something that people need and want? You might be the best 
pan flute player, Yanni, master of the pan flute. You remember Yanni? Come on, Adam. He's got <laughs> yeah. his albums. Yeah. Now, yeah. you might say, uh, No, I don't, but I remember him. Yeah. <laughs> you might say, I am the best pan flute repairman in, in the land. <laughs> you probably are. You might be the only one. Is that something people are looking for? You know, and so um, just get really clear in your own mind about what you do and then ask yourself, is this an actual problem for people? Or am I going to spend all my time trying to convince people that they have a problem and then convince them that I can solve it for them? So that'd be mm. tip one. Um, figure out what problem you solve for your potential customers. I love it. And you're speaking my language as a story brand marketing expert. That is uh, the, the problem is the single most important mm. thing because there is no purpose in being in business if you're not solving a problem. As soon as you stop solving problems, you don't have a business anymore. People, people aren't going to pay you to do squat. And, you know, I, I always like to say that the golden moment in business, when, when things really click for you as a business owner, is when you identify where the intersection of one who and one problem exists, right? So what I mean by that is the one who is, well, who is the character? Who's the hero? Who's the customer, right? And identifying exactly who they are. You know, I mean, and I mean, really drilling down to this very specific nitty gritty details of who that person is, what makes them tick, what motivates them, what their transformational identity is, meaning who do they want to be tomorrow that they aren't today? And how then does my product or service help them get there? What problem am I solving that is keeping them from getting to where they want to be, right? So at the intersection of one who and one problem, that is the golden moment in business where things really come together and make sense. And so I, I can't agree with you more. The, the, the problem is, is paramount. And, you know, think of it this way, right? Because we have to, we have to actually be, sol- we have to be selling the right problem, if that makes sense. So uh, the analogy I like to use a lot of the time is a plumber. Right. So if my sink has been backed up for weeks and I've been trying hard to unclog that drain and I can't figure it out and I've done everything I can, I can do. And I'm at my wits end because my wife is aggravated with me because she thinks I ought to be man enough to fix the stupid sink. And I'm obviously not. Well, the problem there isn't just that I have a sink that needs to be fixed. The problem is that now I feel this inner anxiety about my manhood because my wife doesn't think I'm capable of getting it done. So which plumber am I going to hire? Am I going to hire the plumber that, that just says I'm a plumber that can fix your sink? Or maybe there's this plumber that says, you know what? I understand what it feels like to have your wife question your manhood. If you can't figure out basic plumbing stuff. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to help you out because we're going to get your wife out of the house to go do something nice. And while she's gone, I'm going to come over and fix the sink and she's going to think <laughs> you did it. And now you saved the right. day, right? Like, so it's about getting, getting really specific about the problem, right? You, you've got to, you've got to make sure you're actually solving the right problem. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, and, and if, you know, Adam is, is talking right now, he's a marketing guy. He's, he's got the experience to do it. So, you know, I think if, you're having, you know, you're listening to this and you're having trouble kind of narrowing down on what is the problem that I solve. You know, I had this great idea for a, you know, business and I already came up with the name and all that kind of stuff. And then now you're, you're being told, wait a minute, you got to figure out this really kind of tough thing. Bring in someone like Adam to, to help you. Right. And that, 
would be a, a great segue to my second second sort of tip, uh, which would be this either. Well, before oh, you do sorry. that, let's, let's summarize. Okay. No, no, it's okay. Hey, we're doing a list here, Scott. We got, we got to, we got to make sure we, we hit the. So number one, you said was figure out what problem you solve. Yeah. Okay. That's right. number one, figure out what problem you solve. Right. right. Okay. So, all right, go ahead. Number two, what is I your number two? Number two is either um, hire an expert or become an expert. And Here's what I mean by that. It, if you're starting a business and you're going to take whatever your area of expertise is, let's say you know you're in accounting, or you are going to go into real estate, or you're going to become a trainer, whatever it is that you're great at, you're going to go now, you know, get someone to pay you to do that. There's a lot of other things that go along with owning a business, right? So there's going to be a website. There's going to be a way for people to give you money. Accounting issues. There's going to be marketing. There's going to be advertising. Oh, those are two different things. There's going to be who's going to answer the phone. How is the phone going to get answered? Is it ringing yourself? You know, there's a million little things you're going to do. And are you an expert in all of those things? Because I, I know uh, I, I, I'm a police trainer and I employ other police officers who go out and train. And there's two things that I'm an expert in teaching and the stuff that I'm actually teaching, right? The, this law enforcement subject matter. After that, pretty right. short list of things that I'm an expert in, right? But I just told you there's a lot of other things that go on to this with this business. Here's things I'm not an expert in. Marketing, advertising, accounting, web design, social media. You see where I'm going with this. <laughs> now, I can either go out into the world and say, I'm awesome at training and I'm awesome at the what I'm training you and the rest, eh. You know, the website looks like garbage. The bills sometimes don't get paid. Uh, the social media is really not there. I don't know how to do, do it. That's, I'm probably not going to be really successful, right? And assumingly, you're, you're launching a business. You want to be successful. Whether you want it to be big or small, you want it to be successful, right? You want to make some money doing it. So you're going to either have to learn about all those things I just mentioned, marketing, advertising, accounting, and the list goes on. You're going to either have to learn about those and develop some expertise. Now, maybe you're not really going to become an expert, but some expertise. Or you're going to have to pay people to do what they're good at, right? Um, Adam and, and I have worked together and, and I've hired Adam and said, Adam, you are really good at this. Can I give you money so that you can go do what you're good at? And then I can go do what I'm good at. Because, you know, when you're first starting, your first however long month year or, or whatever time frame yeah you're doing everything yourself right you're 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 handling all the stuff you're the you're the custodian you're the ceo and everything in between that's all you but to the extent you can if you can maybe reinvest just a little bit in the company into things that are important and i would say marketing is either the top of the list or very very close to the top of the list because you can be awesome and no one will ever know about it and if you yeah. can be awesome and we can let everyone that, that needs the, the right people I, won't know, won't know really the customers <laughs> remember that who exactly are you solving that problem for? <clears throat> if we can get that message in front of those people and say, Ooh, here's, here's this person. They got this great business. Um, when you start becoming successful, uh, we, we certainly saw this, that this company became very successful, very quickly, good problems to have, but, you're dealing with increased levels of revenue. You're dealing with different tax issues. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. 
And to say that I'm going to, you know, spend all my time doing all those things myself, I'm probably going to end up jipping the two things that I told you I was really good at at the beginning. So either spend the time before you launch and become an expert in those core things that go into a business or start identifying who can I hire to do this? Who can I hire to do that? Doesn't have to be a tremendous amount of money, right? You can start small. There's the gig economy that you can get on Fiverr and all that kind of stuff and hire this person for that, this person for this. There's virtual assistants that are very inexpensive that can help you do stuff so that you can have time to go do what you're really, really good at, right? Write down on the list, what am I really good at? What do, what do just I need to be doing? Now, it wouldn't make sense for me when Adam said, can you come on the podcast for me to go, I'm going to outsource that to someone and let me pay someone to go, oh, <laughs> this is a perfect thing for me to do and talk about my business, right? But the other stuff, the accounting and all that other stuff, let's start you know, delegating as much as we can. And if you're just starting out, I, I realize you're not going to have this big team of people you're hiring. No, stay lean, stay very lean, but take the time before we pull the big red handle and launch this thing. Take the time to learn about marketing, advertising, social media, website design, accounting, whatever, all those things that are going to come in there. And if if you go, gosh, I, I don't want to learn about that. I don't have the time to become an expert. Hire someone to do that. Let people do what they're really good at. Yeah. I feel like, Scott, this is a topic of conversation that we could easily easily record a whole series of podcast episodes on because there's so much to unpack there. And and I think truthfully, this is one of the most challenging things for any entrepreneur. And I think that it's actually compounded for those of us that are copperneurs because we're so type A, right? We're type A, <clears throat> we're perfectionists. We want things done our way because our way is the right way. And, um, you know, I think, I think that compounds the problem. And I'll admit that this is something I still struggle with to this day. There are things that I know I need to give up in my business in order to be able to grow and scale my own business. But this is a journey that every entrepreneur takes. I do think it's important early on as an entrepreneur uh, you, you have to bootstrap some things, right? Like you have to, you have to know the pains of what it, what it means to try and build a website or, you know, try to, to manage your own books, your own accounting, because in order to really grow as an entrepreneur and be able to be that person that works more on your business than in your business, you need to be able to have that base level understanding of it to know, is the person I hired even doing a good job? right? Are, are they doing it correctly? So I think there's a fine line here, right? Where you need to do those things early on, but there's, there's a point in time where it comes that you, you need to recognize, Hey, I'm growing this thing and it's time for me to let go the reins to someone else and delegate this thing so that I can work on the higher level things. Is that something Scott, that you feel like came natural to you in your own entrepreneurial journey? Or was that something that really was a difficult learning lesson for you? A very difficult learning lesson. I'm not a person that likes to ask for help. I tend to take a lot of everything on myself. And, you know, I can recount many, many mistakes that I made not doing these things, right? So a lot of the stuff that I'm telling, you know, your viewers is the stuff that I'm like, oh, you can avoid this. And and as cops, you know, you said we're type A, I would say we're very confident. I would say sometimes perhaps arrogant, 
you know, a, a little bit arrogant. Maybe we believe in ourselves a little too much. And j- just think about this, right? You're going to launch a company. There are people that have advanced degrees in things like marketing, advertising, graphic design, right? There are people who make entire careers out of that. Wouldn't it be a little bit arrogant for us to think as cops that we can just be like, I can do that. I can do, you know, I can do all that because I'm me and I'm so awesome. Doesn't that sound a little bit arrogant? You can bootstrap this stuff yourself 100%, but you got to spend the time learning those things, right? You got to spend the time reading the books and, and doing the research and at least getting a baseline understanding like you mentioned, Adam, which you still have to know if things are being done right. You know, if you're just going to hand over the reins, maybe you're independently wealthy and you're going to start paying people from the get-go to do things. That's cool. That's a great problem to have. You still want to be able to supervise that, right? And this is your baby. This is with your name on it. Um, I would be very hesitant to hand over something like social media marketing in a coppreneur environment to someone I didn't know and who didn't know the business, what happens when they like something on your social media account representing you that is controversial? What happens when they put something out on the internet that is uh, distasteful and you're still working at your agency? Right? Is this a conduct unbecoming of an officer issue? You know, there's a lot that can go into that. So, So how have you personally Mm -hmm. overcome that? I have personally overcome that by initially starting small, starting lean. When I first launched the company, I did everything myself from A to Z. And I just did little bits, but I took the time to figure out how to do it right. So I was not an expert in social media, but I took time to figure out things like, what is the size of the image that is supposed to be an Instagram versus Facebook versus LinkedIn? I didn't just say, I'll put one image on all three of those platforms because they're different. Why? Because I had already researched branding and I've read the books on branding and I wanted the brand to look a certain way. What I wanted it to look like was a little bit more elevated, maybe a little bit more elegant, a little bit more um, high end. I wanted to present the company in that fashion, right? You can log on our website, savagetraininggroup.com, and you can look at some of the the materials we have and our courses, our, our products are not cheap. They're not a budget, you know, item. That's okay. We're not mm-hmm. for everyone. If we were a hotel, we'd be Ritz Carlton. We wouldn't be Motel Six. Nothing wrong with Motel Six. It serves a purpose, and it there's a Motel Six in every corner. We're not trying to be everything to everyone. We are very niche and very kind of one thing, and that's kind of more of a high end, boutiquey, niche, um, very well researched, very advanced training group, right? Yeah. And so initially I did it all myself, but I, there's a little caveat there. I took the time to figure out how to do it right. Didn't always execute it right. Didn't, didn't always get it right, but I at least did the reading and I went, does this look right? I started a uh, backup Instagram account and I tried things out on that. So does that look right? That doesn't look right. And then go back and play with it. Oh, that looks right. Now I'll launch it on the real one. You know, l- little things like that. I am a terrible proofreader as my teachers in school would would attest i'm not good at proofreading you know when you read something 20 times and you're like how did i not catch you know that right so i started hiring people to do that initially i i used a family member who was pretty good at that 
And then as, as we, you know, started to become successful, I hired people to do that. So when we put out copy, it's being proofread ahead of time because that's not my, you know, forte. And, you know, there's a million things like that, but either, yeah. either take the time to, to, to learn how to do it right. And so that when you at least attempt it, you're kind of halfway there, you know, you're going to have to go make your mistakes, no doubt, but learn what right is and continue to learn that. And then once you become successful, you can start farming out some of that work and you'll be able to write proposals and you'll be able to, to speak with these experts and be like, I, I know what right is. You're now educated, right? I know what, what needs to be done. So no one can kind of snow you by using industry speak or something like that. We are going, I don't know. It must be correct. Yeah. In our last chapter of the business brief, we talked about the reason why you need a lead generator. But the problem is there's one significant area where copperpreneurs cut corners when setting up their lead generator. Most business owners will create their lead generator and then simply put it into a single row opt-in on their homepage or have a pop-up. Those things are great and you should have them, but that alone is not enough. Your lead generator needs to have its very own landing page. A landing page gives further opportunity to tease the prospect about what they get from downloading it, what problem it'll solve for them, and how it will make their life better. It also gives you the opportunity to offer social proof, reviews from people that have downloaded your lead generator and seen success from it. If you don't have reviews for your lead generator yet, don't let this stop you. They can simply and easily be added later. But more importantly, having a dedicated landing page for your lead generator allows you to gain insightful data that you can't get from just a pop-up or an opt-in on your homepage. This data will help you optimize your sales funnel, increase its effectiveness, and make more money. Tracking your landing page's performance using tools like Google Analytics, Facebook, and Google Ad Pixels, and Hotjar will tell you how effective your lead generator is at capturing new leads. Improving the performance of a highly visited but low converting landing page will have a significant impact on lead generation. If you can spend 15 minutes making adjustments that double the number of leads from a single landing page, you can generate significantly more leads for your business. Don't have a lead generator yet and have no idea where to start? That's okay. I've created a free resource for you with eight detailed ideas that you can use for lead generation. Simply head over to leotoceo.com forward slash eight ideas to download it now. That's leo, the number two, ceo.com forward slash the number eight dash ideas. The business brief is sponsored by leotoceo.com. Everything you need to grow your post-law enforcement business. Well, so let's summarize number two here. Number two, you would say, is probably to identify the areas in your business that you need to either hire or become an expert in. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that really is. Awesome. So what's your number three, Scott? Number three is don't do the fun stuff first. Mm. Now, that is, if you think about it, I think that most people, when they come up with a business idea and they get start getting excited about it, the first thing they do is all the fun stuff. They start thinking about what should I name this? Because it's fun to name it. I'm going to name it whatever, this cool, you know, clever name, right? And then it's like, oh, I'm going to design a logo because the logos are fun. Mm-hmm. And what co- what should our color scheme be? Ooh, let's design some. Co- hey, 
I'm going to hop on Squarespace and make me a website because websites <laughs> are fun. Websites are cool. Maybe I'll start a podcast because that doesn't sound hard to do. I just, what do I just need a microphone and a camera? Psh, done. Instagram, that, that's fun. These are all fun stuff. Uh, making t-shirts is fun. Making sweatshirts is fun. We have all that stuff too, but those aren't the hard things, right? Those are kind of fun and kind of easy. They're not to the do. high that impact things. Yeah, it's just kind of, it's not going to be the make or break stuff. No one's going to be like, well, the company sucks, but their logo is great. So I'm going to give them money. (laughs) You know, it just doesn't work like that. You're going to have to do the hard prep first, meaning research. Just look at who are, who are your potential competitors? Are they successful? You don't have to start a business and be the only person doing it. Because if you're the only person doing it, either you're really original or there's a reason no one else is doing it. Other people have tried to do it, didn't work. It's not successful. It's okay, but you're going to do the research on your potential competitors. You're going to learn about marketing. You're going to learn about advertising. You're learning about business principles. If somebody says, can you write me a proposal on this? I'd like to give you money. Can you give me a proposal? Have you ever written a proposal before? Or do you know what that should look like? Social media, are you putting pictures of your spaghetti dinner on your personal Instagram account <laughs> is cool. That, but this is a different thing because now you're going to have a social media accounts, you know, intending to advertise and, and sell your business, right? So you're going to need to do the research first and the hard stuff first. Have you established a business entity in whatever state you're in, right? Have you started an LLC or an S corp or, or an incorporation rather? How are your taxes going to work? Right. What happens if you're successful out of the gate and you start making great money? Yeah. How does that all work? How are you going to invoice people and where is that money going to go? Yeah. (laughs) QuickBooks. Are you doing it? Someone else doing it? Is no one doing it? That doesn't sound like a great idea because making all the fun stuff and the logos and working on the website, that's, it's fun, right? It's, it's fun to do some of those things and coming up with a name and all that stuff. And then you can design cool t-shirts and hats and give them away. And that's all awesome. And that's part of the thing, right? We do it. Everyone does that, but that's not the real stuff, right? And hop on Amazon right now and get you some books on business, right? I'm sure there's a million. And if you say, uh, you know, I'm working right now. I really don't have time to read those books. I don't have time to learn about marketing. I don't have time to learn about social media strategies. That's a red flag. If you don't have time to read the books and you don't have time to do that research, how in the world do you think you have time to launch a successful business? Now, if you want to make a hobby business, go forth and conquer, like do whatever you want. That's cool, man. If you're just, Hey, I'm just doing this for fun, man. I'm going to, I'm going to brew some beer in the closet and I'm going to sell it. We're going to call it cop beer or whatever. And I'm going to give it away half the time. Dude, no problem. Do you know, forget all the, everything I just said. But if you're looking at like, Hey, I want a successful business and I want to, you know, either quit being a cop or I want to pivot when I retire, or I want to run both of these things. And like Adam just says, I want to basically, you know, what'd you say? I want to work on the business. I don't want to work in the business. That's where you want to get to. That's cool. You're going to have to do all that hard work ahead of time. So let's put a a pause on the logos and all the cool t-shirt ideas you have. And let's go really grind out and learn these more difficult concepts. And again, if you say you don't have time, that to me, that would be a red flag, right? Because you're going to spend hours, hours every single day, you're going to spend hours on a business building it into something successful. I think, uh, you know, from my perspective, what I've seen 
the most successful entrepreneurs are the ones that look for and devour as much knowledge as they can possibly gain when it comes to business, right? And I'm not talking like, like when people think of business books, they're like, oh gosh, right? Like, but there's a ton of really great books out there. If you're watching on YouTube, you see some books uh, behind me on my shelf, the four hour work week and how to write copy that sells and business made simple. Those are all really great books. What I like to do is figure out ways to actually multitask, if you will. I love to be able to sit down and read books. Don't get me wrong, but I very rarely can find the time to just, you know, kick my feet up in the recliner and sit there and read. And so I'll buy books a lot because I want to be able to reference them. I like the paper in my hand, but most of the time I do audiobooks. And so I'll listen when I'm mowing mm-hmm. the grass, I'm usually listening to an audiobook on business. You know, when I'm driving somewhere by myself, I'm usually listening to audiobook or a podcast about business. Heck, when I go to the gym and work out anymore, I don't even listen to music hardly ever any. I listen to audiobooks and podcasts about business, right? And it's and that's just how you you de- you just have to devour that knowledge. That's how you advance your skills in short order and short time. And those aren't necessarily the fun things, like you said, but they're the necessary and they're the important things. Yeah, I think that's a a, a recipe for success with business and probably life is to read more than everyone else. Read yeah. more than everyone else. That's that's always. Uh, a great philosophy to start with because there's a ton of material out there. Uh, YouTube podcasts, books, the Leo to see the, the organization you have, I think is a phenomenal. What a great idea, right? Hop in that organization, be a part of that group and start learning from people that have already done it. Because one of the nice things maybe about being a law enforcement officer and starting a business is that almost to a person, Every single cop who's a business owner that I've asked for help or advice or I've run something by has been like open arms. Yeah, do this. Don't do that. Let me hook you up with the guy that I use. Very, very communal. And, and that's kind of maybe I don't know if, if that's if that's how it goes in other businesses line. I, I don't think so. So there's a lot of folks out there who are cops. And we all kind of consider ourselves on the job, right? You, you can go to any state and you tell some cop, hey, I'm on the job too. It's like, hey, welcome, brother. What, you know, how can I help you and, and yeah. show you a good time over yeah. here? So, and, and you're right. I, you have a lot of resources. And that, uh, that same environment does exist in, in the LEO to CEO community. And thanks for bringing that up. It's a great opportunity here to remind everybody that the Copper Newer Path podcast is sponsored by LEO to CEO.com. And so the LEO to CEO community has been phenomenal. And it's just a group of fellow copreneurs that are all wanting to share resources with each other, ideas, bounce ideas off of each other, learn from each other's mistakes and successes. And it's, it's an awesome opportunity, regardless of where you're at in your copreneurial journey to, to have that sort of, it's especially for those of us, Scott, that are no longer on the job. I think, I think we tend to enjoy it even more than those that still are because the LEO to CEO community is our sense of camaraderie and brotherhood anymore because we don't get that anymore. We're not on the job. Um, and so, you know, we kind of miss that, that connection And this community has definitely created that connection for, for several people. So thanks for, for bringing that up. Why don't you recap? What are your three, what are your three points? Yeah. You know, there's probably a million points uh, that we, we should make before you launch a company and maybe we'll come back and and do all the other ones someday. (laughs) But I, I think these are three that would at least get you started in the right direction. 
there's going to be a lot of stuff you're going to have to do as, as things go by. But uh, the first one is, in a sentence or two, what problem are you solving for potential customers? And that um, you want people to give you money for something. Remember, people really only buy things because you solve a problem for them, right? And, and you can kind of think about that. And the last time you bought something, I was really just solving a problem for myself. So you're going to have to become clear on who the customer is and what problem am I solving. I would caution you about trying to be everything to everyone, right? Don't start a, I'm a law enforcement training business and I also train security and I also bake pies and I also wash cars and I'll, I'll do anything. <laughs> you call me, I'll do anything. Yeah, I did that right? once too. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we all have, have struggled with that and um, you're going to just be your thing. Really clear. This is what we are. We're really clear on, on the, the mission here. I know who the customer is. I know what the problem is. I know how we're going to solve it. You know, once you figure that out, Adam or, or whoever you you hire to help you with marketing, it's going to help weave that into your messaging, right? So everything on the website, the social media, when you go talk about your business at a conference or wherever it is, you're going to be talking about that. The problem, here's the problem. Here's why I can solve it. Here's why you need to, to hire me. Um, so that, that's number one, really figure out what is the problem? Who's the customer? How do I solve it? Um, the second one would be either become an expert or hire an expert, meaning spend the time researching all the things that go into a business. This not just the you're an awesome cop and you're awesome at what this business is. There's a ton of other stuff. The minute you say I'm, this is going to be a business, not, not a hobby, not a charity, not a something I'm just thinking about. Business is a different thing, right? That's a formal entity that's going to come along with accounting, social media messaging, mm -hmm. uh, website design, and doesn't have to be complicated. None of this has to be this huge thing. It actually can be really clean and simple and, and small, but you just want to be clear on, on what those things are. If you want to start doing everything yourself, that's a good idea. Bootstrapping it like Adam described, but let's at least do the research and figure out how do I do at least a, a pretty good version of each of those things, right? I bought QuickBooks online, so I've got my books in order. I've got an Instagram account. I figured out how big the messages have to be and a couple of hashtags that would seem to work in this field, at least get you pointed in the right direction. Um, and then it, once you get a little bit of capital in, under your belt, then you can start hiring people who are experts and start really elevating your game, right? Because there's only 24 hours in a day. If you're a cop working police officer like me, you're spending a lot of time at work which is decreasing the amount of time you have to spend on your business. And so you want to be bringing in the people. Uh, I like saying, you know, I like hiring people to do what they're really good at so that I can have the time to go do what I'm really good at, which is not accounting, proofreading, social media, that kind of stuff. Um, so that's number two. Number three is don't do the fun stuff first. Do the research first. The logos, the t-shirts, the hats, the giveaways, the water bottle, whatever you come up with, that can all wait later. And is that fun to do? It is fun to do. It is fun to make a t-shirt with your business name on it and hold it in your hand and go, this is awesome. You know, I look at this thing I have. That's fun. That's awesome. And, and there's plenty of time for that. But let's work on the really important stuff first. Establishing a business entity, uh, learning about marketing, right? Don't just be a guy who's sitting in your room going, I mean, I made all these widgets and they are the best widget in the world. No one knows about them and no one's buying them, right? So you're going to have to learn about how, does, how do all those things work? Um, I spent a year reading, 
consuming information before I launched the company. And I really think that, that that's why it was successful. I think the Savage Training Group is successful. It was successful very quickly, because not because of any magic, because of the research. So that the minute, the first time anyone ever heard of it, it was already like, boom, everything's set up. The website looks great. The, the messaging is, is solid. The books are in order. The credit card processors work. Everything looks squared away. Boom. And then we, we launched it and people went, okay, I like it. I'm going to start, you know, giving them money to, to purchase their training services. So just take the time to do it. And just remember, if you say, well, I don't have the time for that. Ooh, that that's probably a red flag because this is going to take you time. Hobbies are one thing, but successful businesses are going to take you uh, a, a lot of time. So uh, do the research first. That's an excellent list, Scott. Thanks for recapping that. Uh, hey, do you have anything before we go? Do you want to promote anything that you're doing with Savage Training Group right now? I want to promote you. I think you're you're awesome. Oh no, I think um, <laughs> people should contact you, and they should they should um, you know use some of your your marketing services and get involved with some of the communities you have. And um, as far as what, what we have going, we're just trying to raise the bar of law enforcement training, man. I. You look around, you watch the same videos I do, you see what's going on with cops and how much of that is a lack of great training, right? So much of what we, we go to in training classes as police officers is nothing more than like death by PowerPoint, right? And all that online and you just fast forward to the end, right? And try to get your certificate. Uh, we're trying to do something a little bit different. Uh, we're really trying to uh, take expert trainers and teach cops in a really fun and dynamic way and um, we're just trying to be the most well-researched, best instructed, kind of just the best stuff out there. And and uh, it's been a blessing to be able to serve police officers like that. So if you're you're into that stuff, you want to find out more, go to savagetraininggroup.com. You can see everything we we have available. Um, we're on Instagram. We give away, t speaking of all these t-shirts and sweatshirts, we've been talking about, we give away that stuff on Instagram. So you got one, yeah. And so... Uh, Check, check us out on, on Instagram. And um, if there's anything I can do to help, you can just get a hold of Adam and he can put us in touch. Excellent. Well, thanks for the kind words too, Scott. That was really nice of you and unexpected. I appreciate it. Well, thank you guys for, for tuning in for this episode of the Copper Newer Path podcast. Scott, thanks again for being on the show again. Second guest number two, as you put it. So maybe we'll have you be the first one to come back that's on three times. How's that? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm looking <laughs> All right. Thanks for being on the show, Scott. Thanks. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leo2ceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other copreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast and search this episode number and you'll find all the links, descriptions and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.